Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lightning Round Podcast. Jamie here, Garrett here. Talk about the preseason game. I'm echoing, but Jamie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm glad that game is over. And I'm ready for the season to start. Okay. I think we're okay now. All right. Don't know what happened, but who knew? Okay. So let's talk about it. So um, we, there are a lot of guys, when we were going over our 53, we were talking about a lot of guys that we were going to uh, be at the bottom of the roster. Some bubble guys. You did a, Jamie did a video on it. If you guys didn't see it, uh, I'm glad you guys don't hear an echo. Thank you chat for all that. Uh, just distracting for us for some reason. And, um, so let's talk about kind of some of the bottom of the depth chart guys that were kind of fighting for a roster spot today. Uh, Jamie and I disagreed on linebacker. Jamie had uh, Bong making his 53. I had Nick Neiman making my 53. How did you think those two fared today? Um, the only time I really remember seeing Nick Neiman was when he missed a tackle in the hole in the goal line. Um, mm. I think it was on the second touchdown of the game for the Saints. Um Bong showed up a couple other times. He had, I think he had a nice play where he cut down a um, a running back after a catch on third down for a stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He chased down uh, Mark Ingram uh, running east-west along the 
uh, on a third and short situation. He wound up giving up the first down, but he showed, I think, more speed than most people thought he had in, in chasing him down. Um, to me, I think Bong is just the better defender. I think Amen is better coming downhill. He's more decisive. He's better with his reads. He isn't the coverage linebacker that Neiman is, but Neiman isn't exactly a star in coverage either. So if I was grading them, I would say Bong stood out last week. I thought he had a good week this week, and I really didn't see anything from Neiman that made me feel like he has to be kept on this team in spite of his status as a recent draft pick and a core special team where it seems like those guys are pretty interchangeable on special teams. I I would probably agree with you. I think um, Neiman being top 10 in tackles last year on special teams probably uh, won some favor in, with this coaching staff. Neiman did have a uh, really good tackle on a throw over the middle on Alvin Kamara. Um, it was a real quick catch and then tackled him right after he caught it. Um, but other than that, I agree with you. I think uh, Bong had a lot more – not only did he have more tackles than Neiman, but I thought he – had more splash plays, if you will, than mm-hmm. Nick Neiman. Uh, so uh, not a, nobody really, in my mind, distanced themselves way ahead of either. Uh, maybe some other guys may have, but uh, in this group, I think they were all pretty close. I think Amon had like one more tackle than Neiman. And, um, but I will say, I think Amon flashed a little bit more and probably made a little bit more of a case. And now your real question is, you know, do you... Do you value that coverage linebacker with the special teams value, or do you go with the overall, I would say, better linebacker in Amon, who might be able to still give you some special teams value too? So really, you're kind of just weighing your options there. Um, maybe they keep both. Uh, you know, this is a this is a tight race. Six linebackers is a lot, though. Before we got on, we we're talking about six linebackers, and that's just a lot for just the special teams guys at the bottom there. Yeah, you know, this linebacker core in general, outside of really uh, Tranquil and Kyle Van Noy, is really built with special teams in mind. And I think, you know, Reeder was signed to be a core special teamer. Uh, uh, Amon progressed towards being one of those core special teamers towards the end of last year. Neiman played special teams all year last year and did a pretty good job. Um, I think if you're looking for somebody, if you're trying to decide who to keep, I I would go with the guy who's better on defense, and it seemed like the Chargers trusted Amen on defense more than they did Neiman last year. And I think we saw more of him on defense in the preseason this year. I just really don't remember Neiman standing out at all in the preseason this year. So mm-hmm. uh, with that in mind, I would keep Amen, and I think they probably will too. He was that great you know, UDFA story last year. Coaches love those guys that work their tails off and earn those spots. He seems to be progressing in terms of his reads and, and things like that. So all things being equal, and I think they are fairly equal, I would go with the guy who fills the need that they had last year in terms of run stopping, and I think that's Amon. And I think mm-hmm. he can be productive on special teams to the point that you really don't need to keep Neiman um, if you feel like Amon's better on defense. Yeah. Uh, we got a comment here. And I, I I tend to agree with you. I think that Ahmed may have squeaked out his uh, last roster spot today by just outplaying Nick Neiman. Uh, MK Adams, uh, we're not going to talk about offensive linemen so much because there wasn't really any toss-up there, but uh, MK Adams, 99. I think the Chargers are going to regret not re-signing Scott Questenberry. Will Clapp has been playing like crap, and he is right. And he missed the opportunity to go with the pun and the C R A P P, but we'll let that go for now. 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, uh, you even capitalized the C. I mean, you were so close. You had the rhyme scheme. Just missed that pun with the two Ps. Yep, yep. So close, but good yeah, try. Yeah. Get, it's still preseason. Still yeah. preseason for the comments, too. Once we hit regular season, you got to hit those hard. Come Hang one. in there. You'll get it next time. No worries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I think I, I always liked Quesenberry. I thought he was a guy who fared well when they put him in at center and at guard, but there was a disconnect between this coaching staff and really the last coaching staff in terms of how they viewed him. Cause even when they were desperate, he couldn't get on the field. So would I have preferred to see them keep Quesenberry? Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's starting. I think he's a starting center for the, for the, the Texans, the Texans right now. So he went and got a better job and they never played the guy. So it's hard to say they'll miss him, but, yeah. You are not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Will Clapp has been crap all yep. all preseason. He's been awful. He seems like he's getting whipped at least once a once a possession. Um, and it seemed like there was some arguing between him and some of the guards today. So mm-hmm. not a good look. But we're stuck with him, and I don't think the team will miss Quesenberry. I think if they thought they'd miss him, they would have tried to bring him back. Yeah, yeah. You reunited with his brother, so he's over there in Houston, and looks like he. Got the raise, so to speak, uh, on the cusp of being a starter now. And um, really, I think at this point, uh, it would behoove the Chargers not to find an upgrade on the waiver wire because you know there's going to be some kind of center veteran that's going to be available that you can find that will play better than Will Clapp has. So I say they, they go for a center when that happens, but we'll see. I mean, this was a guy that followed um, Lombardi over from the Saints, I, I don't know if Lombardi kind of has some pull in the room and want to keep his guy, but, you know, we'll we'll see how that is uh, come cuts. But um, so there's a there's a comment about running backs, which we'll get to in a second. But let's talk. Let's just talk about the running backs in general, because, you know, we had kind of bashed uh, Joshua Kelly and Larry well, bashed is maybe a little strong, but uh, no, Joshua Kelly. We bashed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, throughout this preseason we have, for sure. And I think deservingly so, because none really pulled away. I think in camp, Joshua Kelly was nice. In the games, he was not. But today, uh, if if you will, we owe him an apology, uh, maybe? I, I don't know. He was electric today. He was, in my mind, the best player, showed up the best on both sides of the ball for the Chargers. Um, electric run on third and long. Uh, then picked up eight right after. Had another great run that was negated by a Travon Bradford penalty, but he looked really, really good today. And uh, he was kind of a highlight and kind of cemented that RB3 role today. Yeah, he also had a big blitz pickup. Um, I forget who was in the game. I think it might have been Stick, but I think he picked up a mm. blitz for a big play mm. on third down as well. So, yeah, you know, Kelly was a guy who I think, right, I think we were not wrong in criticizing him heading into the preseason heading into camp because he was not very good the last two years. He's had some key fumbles. He's missed some key blocks. He's looked lost at times, but he looks like a different player. Uh, he looks really good. He looks explosive. He's decisive. He's able to get to the edge, which he wasn't able to do in previous years. Uh, he's looked pretty good catching the ball. He's looked better blocking. He's getting key snaps on special teams. Um, and I think he has earned his spot on the team. And I think, especially while Spiller is out, it makes sense for him to be RB2. And I think we'll see him get most of the RB2 touches early in the season while they work Spiller back in. And, you know, he he's earned the opportunity. And we'll see what he does with it during the regular season. But uh, Kelly looked really good. He looked very explosive. That hurdle on third and long to get the, mm-hmm. to get the first down was huge. Yeah, uh, He just looks like he's the vision is better. He looks like he's seeing the holes. 
he still isn't really going to make a whole lot of people miss um, outside of that hurdle. But looks like he has a chance to be productive in that RB2 role, and he's had those opportunities. He's taken advantage of them, and he's stepping up. So he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, and there is a correction here in the chat. Magic Mike is right. I said that Scott Questenberry was going to reunite with his brother at the Texans. Uh, David Questenberry is now on the Bills. So uh, thank you for the correction there, Magic Mike. That is true. Not with his brother, but still with the Texans and uh, doing quite well. So Joshua Kelly, uh, one of the highlights today, Larry Roundtree, and you're talking about uh, guys that won't make people miss. Larry Roundtree uh, scored the touchdown, had a nice little catch and run early in that game, and uh, continuing to run into contact, even in the open field now. Um, just a guy that's looking to hit somebody and not really knocking anybody over. But uh, twice today, he was in the open field and ran straight into contact Then rather than running around it. And one time was on a second and short, third and short, right near the sticks. Uh, instead of getting vertical and going up field, he ran right in the defender, got tackled short. Uh, uh, he, he was fine today. He had the touchdown. I think Kelly uh, way outperformed him, but uh, not a bad performance from Roundtree either, but a guy who's running into contact. Yeah, I don't think Roundtree's anything special. I don't think he's going to light the world up if he touches the football in a regular season game. Um, I don't think he'll see many touches during the regular season as long as Spiller and Kelly are both healthy. Um, but he was fine. He, you know, he put his he put his shoulders ran behind his shoulder pads, put his helmet down, ran, got across the goal line on a on a third and goal, um, and after trying to jump over the pile on second down, which I didn't really understand, <laughs> <laughs> not really his thing. Um, he's fine. I mean, he, if you're talking about RB four, which is what you're talking about, he, mm -hmm. he did enough to distance himself between the other two guys he was competing with. Um, oh. is he worthy of keeping on the roster? I would say probably not. I don't know that you really need to carry four running backs, mm -hmm. especially if you're carrying a guy like Xander Horvath who can, who can run the football as well and be yeah. kind of a short yardage guy. Um, I think it's overkill. But if you're looking for a reason to point at and say, yeah, he earned his spot tonight, I would say scoring the touchdown and having a couple solid runs, decent runs, was probably enough to distance himself between uh, Letty Brown and uh, Kevin Marks Jr. Neither of yeah. them did much of anything with their touches today. No, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I I think I, I think they were in the negative. It was either Letty Brown or Kevin Marks who ran outside and got tackled behind the line. Of that was Marks, yeah. 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 Um, so Thomas Z has your so has your mind changed here, Thomas Z? How many running backs do you think the team goes with? Is it still four for you? I mean, Telesco said they were going to do four last week, so yeah. I don't see any reason why that's changed. And now that they saw um, Roundtree get into the end zone tonight and have a couple productive runs, I think that just kind of solidified their look that that all four guys are worth carrying, being Eckler, uh, Spiller, Kelly, and and Roundtree. And I just think he solidified his spot. I, I, I don't think there's any chance they're gonna they're gonna go with three. Yes, and your your dog agrees. Luke Luke agrees. Four running backs. <laughs> uh, so all right, let's go on to another group that we had kind of talked about. Some bubble guys, and it was the interior defensive linemen, Brendan Fajoko and Joe Gazzaiano. How do you think they did today? Did anybody kind of distance themselves in your mind? 
Um, I was kind of hoping one of those guys would stand out on a consistent basis tonight, and I'm not mm -hmm. really sure that I would say they did. Uh, Fehoko, if I recall, had two tackles for loss, or at least was involved in a couple of run stops. One, uh-huh, but yeah. I thought it was two. I thought he had two two tackles for loss. Um, but either way, I'll double check. Mm -hmm. he was on the field quite a bit and didn't do a whole lot with his opportunities. Um, Gazayano was on the field quite a bit too. Didn't think he really established himself as a run stopper. He flashed a couple times in pass rush, didn't get to the quarterback, did force the quarterback to step up and flee the pocket a couple times, I think, on the first possession. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that either one of those guys really stood out enough to say, yeah, he deserves a roster spot, and Fehoko was hurt at the end of the game. So mm -hmm. didn't really see what I was hoping to see. Um, outside of them carrying six defensive tackles. I'm not really sure either one of those guys is, is in a position to say they've earned a roster spot based on stellar play in the preseason. Now, both those guys are really good in camp. They both played a lot with the ones in camp and practice and played really well, both effective against the run. Gazayano tipped a lot of passes and flashed as a pass rusher last week and a little bit this week. Um, so I guess if you're looking at the whole body of work, maybe one of them stood out. Gazayano was maybe a little bit better, but it's hard to say because neither one of them was great tonight. No, no. And it was one uh, tackle for a loss for Fajoko. But I think between Fajoko, Covington, Andrew Brown, and Joe Gazayano, they just got their asses mauled for the first two drives against starters. N neither, all four of them across the board did not look like they were starting caliber defensive linemen that should be on a football field on those first two drives. They got pushed back they got every yard they possibly wanted on the ground uh, new orleans did and there was just no push to the pocket no real pressure on the quarterback there was one qb hit on winston but that was when he was like kind of scraping the line of scrimmage to get the ball out so you know i just think that um with that showing from the first two drives there could be now a conversation about well look at how they performed maybe neither of them deserve it and maybe tillery sneaks in here even with as bad as he's played, you know, I just think um, I, I thought Fajoko had that great run stop. Like you were talking about, he had a really good tackle in the run game in third quarter. Uh, Gazayano had more tackles, but uh, Fajoko, I think made a little bit more of an impact today. And um, you know, like Jamie was talking about, he went down in the fourth quarter was kind of smiling on the sideline afterwards. So that's probably some good news and kind of standing by himself. So uh, hopefully he's okay. But I mean, now the conversation, Jamie, is do it, did those guys not do enough to leapfrog Jerry Tillery, a uh, former first-round pick, and say Tillery now gets in and those two get cut? Yeah, you know, I think the, the fact that Tillery didn't play tonight, didn't even suit mm -hmm. up tonight, kind of tells you what the coaches are thinking. Um, yep. I think one of those two uh, in Gazayano and Fehoko would have really had to have like a monster game today to change anything. It seems like the coaches or the front office or somebody has made up their mind that Tillery's going to make that, that 53 yep. almost no matter what, even though he was outplayed by both those guys in the preseason. Um, and I really would have thought they'd, they'd be looking at, you know, adding adding a guy like a Fehoko or a, or a Gazayano just because both those guys add so much energy off the bench, and they were such a huge part of, you know, helping to fill in when guys were hurt and sick last year, uh, particularly in that Steelers game when both those guys played so well. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, you know, you, you would have thought that they'd be more in consideration, but it doesn't seem like they are based on the fact that Tillery didn't suit up along with Rump, which kind of suggests that both those guys have made the team. Yeah, I was I was going to bring that up. I think if we were redoing our 53s, I would say Jerry Tillery takes that last defensive line spot and Fajoko and Gaziano get cut. That's because what it looks not, like right now. Not having him suit up is like we're saving him, and he's we've seen enough from him, which is true. <laughs> or it's man, but the other way. Enough. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> we we've seen way too much. Enough of this shit. Let's find somebody else. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I think uh, I think Jerry Tiller is probably a pretty good bet to make that fifty three with uh, Fajoko and. Uh, Covington and Brown and even Gaziano hitting the cutting room floor and maybe being able to sneak one of those guys on the practice squad or two, if you can. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, uh, the has been here for what, three years. So you'd think he'd be able to catch on somewhere else if he, yeah. if he gets cut. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaziano, maybe a little bit more likely to make the practice squad if he gets cut. Um, you know, Brown and Covington, you'd think being a veteran Covington would be able to catch on somewhere if he doesn't make the team. Yeah. I doubt he'd be too too quick to to uh, wind up on the practice squad. No, yeah, no, I was more referring to Fajoko and Gazayano, but yeah. yeah, yeah, All right, so looks like Jerry Tillery's going to make it. Um, okay, let's talk about corner. We were kind of talking about these this last corner spot, and it all kind of just played out today. Uh, Dean Leonard uh, didn't play. Come on, Hall got hurt, and Jasir Taylor, in my mind, was the best corner out there today for the Chargers. So. Uh, and even um, there was a quote about Staley who said that Jasir Taylor looks like he belongs uh, every time he hits the football field. So uh, Jasir Taylor's in. I don't think there's – nothing's changed today. And uh, since both those guys couldn't really suit up and play all that long, I think it's uh, it's pretty easy to guess this one, that Jasir Taylor's going to be uh, going to make this team. Yeah, sure. I think it was a done deal um, before the game, and I think the only reason Taylor was playing was because he needed bodies. Um and I'm sure they wanted to get him some snaps too, but yeah. he wound up having to play the whole game because Leonard was hurt, because J.C. Jackson was hurt and wasn't going to play anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamal Hall went down. Kamal Hall went down, and he was playing pretty well when he got down. He yeah. had a couple of nice tackles, a couple of PBUs. He looked pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Taylor's in. I, I think he was already in before the game started. I don't think he did anything to change that, and I don't think anybody behind him did anything to change that. I think that was one of the easiest locks in terms of uh, position battles like roster spot battles heading into this last game. I think that that's been a done deal for maybe a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more of a competition in that first week of camp when Dean Leonard came out blazing hot. And then after that, JC Taylor took a hold and then never looked back. And yeah, he's, he's definitely in and uh, everybody's got nothing but great things to say about him with his coaching staff. So, you know, they love him too. Um, all right. So let's talk about wide receiver. Uh, I had them keep keeping Michael Bandy. Uh, we saw today, well, at least they talked about it on the broadcast, that Michael Bandy has the most catches of any receiver in the preseason. Uh, he made another tough catch in coverage. Um, I can't remember if it was Stick or Daniel who tried to get him murdered today. It was Stick. Uh, Stick, yep. yep. Stick uh, threw a hospital ball behind him, and he almost got his head taken off. And Telesco was praising Bandy today and uh, said they saw him with Julian Edelman type traits. Uh, type traits. Does that mean, do you think that Michael Bandy now makes the team with everything that's happened so far and this game and what Telesco had said? Is he making this team now? 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. I just, I don't know how they do it. I still don't know how they do it. Um, They're committed to keeping three quarterbacks. They're committed to keeping four running backs. They're probably going to have to keep four tight ends now. I, That's what I was going to say. The, I think the only way it would happen is if they kept three edges and they kept three tight ends and they did, and they just rolled with the three tight ends and, and added Bandy as a six wide receiver. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, can you really roll with three tight ends with Parham being hurt right now? It limits you on special teams. Um, you're They rarely play – play more than three wide receivers on the field. So do you really need six on the roster? There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, yeah. I think Bandy's earned a spot. I think he should be on the team. Mm-hmm. If not as a permanent member of the roster, at least for the first couple weeks or week or few days or whatever it is while they're figuring out the practice squad and everything, just to, just to keep him from getting picked up by somebody else. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know how he fits and I, I don't know that it's worth it to keep, six receivers if you might need a fourth edge or an extra linebacker or an extra defensive tackle there's just a lot a lot to consider and i think it's really hard to keep six receivers i just i don't know that they need it it might be overkill at least permanently maybe short term oh. mm-hmm. that maybe yeah, that's which the is only what way. i think yeah i think it's short term but i think you just have to make it work with a guy like michael bandy i know um, it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of your value in a roster. And what are you going to have Michael Bandy do other than just like he's ours and nobody else can have him, you know, <laughs> other than just one of those moves, which is kind of what they're doing right now. Cause they're not going to play him. Uh, I mean, if they did, I just, I don't know why you wouldn't put Deandre Carter in that type of role if you needed kind of a speed guy. But I mean, if he got a few snaps a game, that wouldn't uh, hurt me at all. I think uh, Jalen Guyton, speaking of wide receivers, Jalen Guyton uh, played pretty good today. A really nice hesitation move and a and some separation from Jalen Guyton on a sideline catch, which was like one of the lo- like handful of highlights today from this game. Uh, yep. So uh, we knew Jalen Guyton was going to make it anyway, but uh, nice of him to show up today. And yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know how you how you get rid of a guy like Michael Bandy. I think you keep him for a little bit try to cut him in the second and third wave of cuts, hope to sneak him on the practice squad, but he's, he's just too good to cut right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe if they're planning a bigger role in the offense for Michael Carter, maybe they think of Bandy as Deandre Carter or Deandre Carter. Mm -hmm. Maybe they think of uh, Michael Bandy as a, a kick returner or a punt returner to take some of those duties off of Carter and expand his role in the offense. I, 
that would make some sense. Uh, but like I said, they don't use a lot a lot of three wide receiver sets. They don't use they really don't use any four wide receiver sets. So I don't know how he would ever get on the field. So unless it's just like a hey kid, good job, you had a great camp. You're gonna be here for a couple days while we sort out the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how I don't know how he may, how how they can keep him. It just they really, seem to do that pretty often, though. They reward one guy, and that uh, was Forrest Merrill last year. I'm trying to remember. I thought there was one UDFA like a Forrest Merrill where they kept him on the 53. Yeah, it was a, Merrill. He was gone after yeah. like a day, I think. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's one of those situations, but we'll see. I mean, I I don't know how you you cut the uh, the receiver who's looked as electric as Bandy has with all these other guys just kind of going by the wayside a little bit. Um, all right. And then, and Espo's got, got it. I mean, when you have three quarterbacks, four tight ends and four running backs, it puts you in a bad pinch and that's exactly it. Yeah. This could easily be solved without one of those or all of them, all of them. Yeah. Without a third quarter quarterback, without a fourth tight end and without a fourth running back. That's exactly right. That gives you three extra spots, Jamie. It does. If my math, if my math serves me right. Did you count that on your fingers? Uh, I, did, I did it all, but I showed my work and everything. I wrote it down <laughs> on this paper. Um, all right. So, um, let's talk about, so you talked about uh, tight end. Um, so we saw Crow and Oak have a catch today. Uh, Hunter Campmore had a really nice catch and run on a third down. And I went, okay, well, that cemented him as tight end four because he's done next to nothing. And then he fumbled. And then he comes out and he fumbles. I mean, what what do you do with that? They got to carry four anyway, but. They have to carry four. Croman Hook's been playing a lot of special teams. He's not going to be on the field very much uh, with the offense as as the fourth tight end. So I don't know how much that fumble hurts him. Camp Moyer? Camp Moyer. Yeah, Camp Moyer. He's not going to be on the field very much as a fourth tight end. So I don't really think it matters um, in terms of the fumble. Excuse me. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I think Kent Moyer is still in. I don't. He may not hang for that long, depending on how long Parham is hurt. But for a short-term fix to help the special teams, which he seems like he's kind of moving towards being a core special teamer, I think he's in. Yeah, he, yeah, he did I a thing. He He's in. Yeah, he did a thing. Ignore that other thing, but he did a thing before that. <laughs> it was a nice little catch and run on third down. It was nice. He actually so, looked more athletic than I thought he was making that oh, play. Oh, man. Made a he nice sure play. He did. He did. He absolutely did because in camp, he looked like he had stone boots on. Uh, but on that play, he got a, turned up field. Nice little catch and run. We just won't so talk about the other thing. Yeah, no, 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 no. We won't mention that. Um all right, so um, so we kind of talked about it a little bit, but you know, I, I think fullback was pretty much a foregone conclusion. We saw a lot of a lot more than of Gabe neighbors today than we've seen in the past. Um, they both had one catch for eight yards. Um, but even on the broadcast he said that Horvath was the fullback leader in the locker room. So it's that's all pretty much done. Uh, being friends with Justin Herbert, got Gabe Neighbors on this team for a, a little while, but with the with the size and uh, how he's shown up in camp, uh, being able to uh, now kind of transition him into a fullback role now, uh, hopefully get him some goal line work, and then also a recent draft pick. He, that's all but done. Horvath cemented as that tight that fullback. Yeah, they were actually experimenting with Neighbors at tight end this week to see mm-hmm. if they could find a reason to keep him. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, I think Horvath earned that last spot. It sounds like he earned it early on in camp and just never really relinquished it. Um, and he gives them, I think, more options as a, a receiver, as a ball carrier, as a blocker, and they think he's going to be a core special teamer. So that seems like it's a done yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, I think we covered most of them. Um, I do want to say both Kellen Clemens and Easton Stick played absolutely uninspired today. Um, I don't know if that's because they've already been told that they were going to make the roster anyway, but there was no fire in anybody today. I I hated the quarterback play, and it wasn't just because they were going, you know, against uh, with their second and third offensive line. I just thought nobody was really fighting for a spot so nobody had that like fire to try to like make any plays it just kind of like all fell by the wayside there were some penalties and all that stuff but through two quarters of both those guys I just I don't know how you make a case if you're just looking at their preseason kind of film as a whole over these three games that they're both worthy of keeping together I just I I absolutely hated the quarterback play today and it, it just sucks that they played so uninspired see i'm not sure i agree with your assessment on the quarterback play today um i didn't think stick was any good at all i thought i thought danny was pretty sharp did i say kellen clemens again i think you did jesus they're the same person they're the same person (laughs) um Uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is exactly right kellen clemens chase daniel tomato tomato yes go ahead i'm sorry the same person um (laughs) career backup uh whoops I didn't think Stick was very good. I thought he was erratic, um, made a couple questionable reads, almost got Bandy killed, um, did not look very good at all. I thought I thought Daniel was actually pretty sharp, considering it's Chase Daniel we're talking about. He made mm. he made a great throw to Guyton on that long mm-hmm. pass. He made mm-hmm. a couple other good throws on third down. He had one play where he tried to outrun a pass rusher and got tackled for a sack on the first game or on the first possession. But overall, I think he was like, 10 out of 11 or 10 out of 12 passing had over a hundred yards made some good throws. I thought if you're looking for somebody to separate himself for, for quarterback two, in my opinion, I thought the last two weeks, Daniel separated himself after stick looked like he was starting to pull away after week one of the preseason. So look, I'm not sitting here saying that chase Daniel is a, a stud backup quarterback or that. I love the fact that he's on the roster, but if you're looking for one to separate himself from the other, I thought Daniel did that. I thought, considering he is a backup and he was playing against starters, I thought he played pretty well and made some nice throws. He was 10 of 11. You were right. Yeah. And the and, one, I think the one, the one incompletion was he just barely missed threading the needle on a deep ball to, to Moore, where Moore had to lay out and double mm. coverage and almost caught it. It was a really nice throw. So, I thought he was pretty sharp. I thought he made a bunch of great throws and some nice reads. Um, played pretty well. Mm, okay. Yeah, we, we disagree there. I, I understand, but I understand what you're saying. Going 10 for 11 is nice on the stat sheet, but um, yeah. Uh, what about Kellen Clemens? What's your what's your feelings on him? He's retired, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Antonio is talking about Storm Norton, who just was awful today. A left tackle had a holding penalty. He was so bad. And Foster Sorrell, get out of here. I, and I've seen enough of his ass. Yeah, he was so bad today. I mean, so you're telling me the guy who can't play right tackle wasn't good at left <laughs> tackle? I am stunned. Mm-mm. No, I never would have thought that'd be the case. <laughs> oh man. At okay. least he didn't uh, win the starting right tackle job, though. 
That's true. That's true. Pipkins is the starting rack tackle, and good for him. Uh, is there anything else we're missing? Any bottom depth chart guys we need to talk about or anything else? I think else? the only other thing that we can talk about is edge. Are they going to keep three or four? And if they keep mm. four, who would it be? I mean, it was it, they were all but silent today in my mind. Did any edge players stick out to you? Um, I thought if you had to pick one guy who had a decent game, I thought Kemp played pretty well again. Mm-hmm. I think he was at least involved in a couple of run stops, um, got a little bit of pressure on a couple of plays. He flashed a couple times. Uh, didn't really see much from Jamal Davis. Egg Boulay had a bunch of like almost plays. He was basically doing his Melvin Ingram impersonation. Yep, yep. Um, but if you were going to pick one guy, I think I think Kemp stood out among that group of guys on the bubble for the fourth edge spot. I mean, I just don't remember seeing Jamal Davis much he was at all, out there but oh man he only had he had one tackle today he was last on the team in tackles he had as much tackles as the guy they signed earlier this week that jockette corner one yeah carlos kemp four tackles one qb hit yeah i i remember the qb hit from carlo kemp but um yeah i think carlo kemp separated himself but i think jamal davis's body of work was better throughout this throughout camp and throughout uh, the preseason but i still have a feeling they're going to keep three edges. And I, I just don't think Kemper Davis did enough to solidify that four spot for me. So I would still stick with three, three, uh, edge guys. You know, um, would you, would you move to three or are you, are you sticking with that four? I have a feeling they're going to keep Kemp. I have a feeling. Okay. Um, I think he played really well the last two weeks. Didn't really show up so much in the first preseason game. He, I thought he flashed in the scrimmage that we went to. I thought he played oh, yeah. well last week. He played well this week. And the thing that I noticed, and I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but when they were interviewing Joey Bosa on the sideline, they asked him about the edge group, and he named Kemp by – he ca- he called Kemp out specifically and said he came in late, but he's worked hard to learn everything, and he's doing really well. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. You know, he, he didn't name Rumpf. He mm-hmm. named Kemp. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling they might wind up keeping him. If not permanently, maybe he'll be a, a short-term keep to stash on the practice squad. Yeah. Yeah, I think Kemp's a lock for the practice squad, a guy they should definitely keep. Uh, he's earned he's earned his spot on the practice squad. And same with Davis, really, if either of them can get over there. But, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still sticking with edge. So you're going to swap your edge, your fourth edge, with Carlo Kemp? Yeah, I had Davis making it, but I think Kemp yep. did enough that if they're going to keep a fourth, I think it'd be Kemp. Okay, so then, so I'm gonna keep Bandy on mine and go three edges. Uh, interior defensive lineman, I'm gonna take Gaziano out and put in Tillery. Are you keeping Fajoko there? Are you putting Tillery, Gaziano? I think on I have spot to keep Tillery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, not because you're like putting it, me on the spot. To. It's because it's breaking my heart. But yeah, yeah we got to keep Tillery. Yep. Well, we don't have we we collectively me and you don't have to do anything we wouldn't do that uh but, the but if we're making both. a prediction yes but if we're making a prediction we're both saying tillery's in my gaziano's out your fajoko's out and then linebacker we differed are you staying with amen i'm staying so with amen yeah okay huh okay i would pick amen but we'll, we'll Telesco. I'm going to say, 
Oh man. It's a tough one. A tough one. I think this you could really make an tough. argument for either one and neither one of them really did a lot to stand out, but I'm going to I'm going to stay strong with Nick Neiman. Not I don't know why I'm planting this flag, but I'm just I'll stick with it. You heard it here first, Nick Neiman, <laughs> Garrett's guy, Garrett boy. Oh no. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> no. Nick Neiman is Garrett's no. boy. Damn it. No. Not this again. Hey, your boy missed the tackle. My mentions flooded all Sundays. All right. <laughs> was there anybody else we differed on? I think that was it. I think that we was differed on. It. Yeah, we differed so on edge. What we haven't seen, um, we haven't seen Webb play at all. Mark Webb play mm-hmm. at all in the preseason. Mm-hmm. He missed the last what two weeks of camp. Uh, yeah. Do you think that he is somebody that they absolutely have to keep to protect from somebody else picking him up based on the fact that he hardly has any film the last two years? With the way in which they've talked about Rob, I would think that they would have to. But um, I would say he's probably going to be the pup guy. He's, he's They're going to put him on pup and he's not going to play for a couple weeks. But um, if he's healthy and you're saying cut him and sneak him on the practice squad, I would say he hasn't put a lot of tape on, but they they've raved about this guy for two years now. So I would say somebody would probably have caught wind of that. So I would say they'd have to keep him. You? I don't know. I just feel like if it came down to really needing a roster spot, I I can't imagine people being in a rush to to pick him up no matter how much they raved about him he hasn't been on the field and there's no film so even though they're talking about him nobody's seen it you can't you can't verify it so is it is he really a guy that you have to pick up i mean they're going to keep him but I, ju- I just think it's interesting that they're so committed to keeping this guy and he just can't stay on the field hmm. okay so you would would you cut him I would consider it if I really needed a spot. But I think you're right. They're probably going to try to stash him on the pup, is my guess, if he's not ready to go. All right, Michael Haynes, last question. We'll get out of here. Will the Chargers finally pick up a veteran tackle as a swing tackle after cuts? I say no. Jamie? I don't think they will. I'm sure they'll look at it and see if there's anybody who they think is better than Norton, but they've been really complimentary of Norton. So... Mm -hmm they'll probably convince himself that he can play right tackle and left tackle. And then he's a perfect swing and that he's still developing and he's a better football player than he was last year and yada, yada, yada. And he was a former starting right tackle in the NFL. Yes. Mm -hmm. They'll say all that. Yeah. That's what they're telling themselves. Yep. So uh, the answer, Michael, I would say no, they're not going to. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys joining us late on a, what is it? Thursday, Friday, Friday, Friday night. Thank you so much. Uh, as soon as the Chargers release 53, we'll we'll do a reaction to it and uh, break it down. So thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.